everyone. Hey, we made it. Episode three of that guy show. Welcome, guys. I'm William. I'm Matt. And today we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. So just stay tuned. Check it out. Got me like, whoa, yeah, way up in the skies, like, living my time, just trying to get my life right. My God never fails, so I'm hitting the tail. All right, dude. How you been? I'm doing great. We're trying to get in the swing of this podcast stuff, and um, I feel like we're having like growing pains constantly, technical difficulties here and there. And well, you have to set everything up, so well, it's I not just that it's just rolling. you know it's set up, but we were just talking about you know hearing each other out of one side of the headphones, and um, yeah, you're very loud in here now. But you know, hey, that's okay. I like hearing your voice. Oh no, I'm sorry, buddy. It's okay. You're gonna have to love it. Um, so. I figured we'd start the show off with like an icebreaker. An icebreaker? Yes. Like like how you get to know each other in middle school? Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe something a little bit more fun okay. than we have been starting. Okay. Um, let's play two, two, two Truths and a Lie. Two Truths and a Lie. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to give you two truths and a lie, and you have to determine which is which. Are these going to be about like science? Like, are you going to give me nature questions? Mm-hmm. or I'm going to give you fun stuff. It's on my telly. Sounds um, like an episode of Bill and I, the science guy. I know. Two truths and a lie. Or um, oh, what was that Ben Stein show? Win Ben Stein's money. <laughs> That's what it He'll is. He'll always be the Visine guy to me. <laughs> yeah. Dry eyes. Dry <laughs> eyes. Okay. One. I once got on a boat and traveled a big sea. A big C. A big C. Okay. To see. A big C to see. To see a really good band called Blink-182. Okay. Um, I once started an Instagram for my dog, and his social media is has got about 30,000 followers. Wow. Okay. Yes. I feel really bad if I wasn't one of those followers. If your dog had a his own Instagram. True, true. Um, the third one. I think you just gave me a hint. I think it's true. I don't know. Well, the third one is that I am married to a woman. That you're married to a woman. Yes. Okay. So don't screw that one up when you're guessing. Two truths and a lie. I'm going to say that the lie is that you went to a Blink-182 concert. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know what I just did? What? I just gave you two lies and one truth. (laughs) (laughs) You suck at your own game. Gosh. But at least I identified, I had twice as many options to identify the truth. You did. And the lie. You did. The the lie, I believe I got correct. The truth was that you're married to a woman, which is a really easy one. That is. Yeah. And the other lie is that my dogs are killing it on... On the selfie game. You know how uh, rough it would be if your dog actually did have more followers than you on Instagram? Like, you would just be like, wow, I really suck. Unfortunately, I think if my dog did have an Instagram, he would totally, or she would totally have more followers than She'd me. kill it. Oh, she would. Do you call your dog just random pronouns that don't really attach to their gender? No. I, I just call them by their name or... I always call my dogs he, like here boy, you know, and he and I, my, it drives Why? my wife crazy. You have two female dogs. I don't know. It's like the royal... You know, here, boy. You know, I don't know. I don't I know say, why I do it. I say here, girl. 
So I think it's funny. I was trying to tie in and I failed miserably. So for all of you guys listening, feel free <laughs> to comment and make fun. But um, I was trying to tie in about something you shared with me not too long ago about this app that this camera you can get for your dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about this app that you can get or this camera you can get. Yeah, well, uh, there's a new there's a new story out where it's called Pet Cube. Apparently, they already have a line of things you can watch your animals with at home. So you can actually put the camera and just spy on your animals at home. Basically like a baby monitor before your house. Um, I, uh, I also, I have a baby monitor. Um, so I can imagine, you know, like we always like look in no matter where we are, we can always check in, you know, the house, uh, and that room, see what he's doing. You know, um, it's kind of creepy once you have cameras all over your house and you realize that it's connected to the web, you know, and Russians can be just listening to you, but whatever, you know? So, I, so like you buy a, you buy a camera kind of like a, a nest or something like that. Yeah, well, so this is not coming out till April, okay? But PetCube has a has basically come out with this thing that allow you to set up uh, their camera, right? And if your dog positions himself in front of the uh, camera, it actually triggers a phone call uh, to you to your house. So your dog could actually like call you uh, with his face, or it's just send him send you a random pic of his face. Oh my gosh, how annoying is that going to be? With every time the dog sits down, it's going to be like a butt dial. It could be. I mean, like I don't know how they're going to determine, you know, facial recognition, whether or not you know which dog's calling you. Like if you can have contacts for each of your animals, yeah, you know what I mean. Got two dogs. Yeah, you so got two dogs. it's like who dad's calling you, or you know, someone has sent you, you know, a snap. They snapped you. Um, but it's, it's supposed to be pretty exciting. So, um, it's a, it's not a small device. It's a giant looking, uh, cube, uh, and it has a screen on it in case you want to FaceTime with your animal. But, um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It made me think of you, uh, because I feel like, uh, your dogs would actually initiate a phone call with you. My dogs would be incapable of figuring out I feel how like your works. dogs wouldn't be high enough to do that. No, you'd have to put, short you'd dogs. have to put it on the floor and they just sleep all day. It's yeah. not very exciting. Well, I'm uh, I'm gonna preface this with saying that our wives are crazy. They're 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 big nuts. animal people. And I predict us owning this by a year's end. And I actually predict that we are gonna be the ones buying it for our wives. Oh, I could see that. At year's end. Because one of us is gonna do something stupid and needs to make it up with a gift of animal selfies. Yeah, and it also dispenses treats. Or you can get it to dispense treats. So, like, it'll actually, like, give your dog treats if it initiates a phone call My correctly. dog's going to know that the treats are coming from that and destroy that. Yeah, thing. you'll have, like, 25 messages from F- Houdat. Uh, it'll be pretty ridiculous. It'll be, like, you're, yeah. like, in the middle of, like, a really important sales call and there's, like, a picture of your dog. Like, um, I believe your dog is calling you. You're, like, hang on real quick. You're, like, I'm coming home, okay? It's, like, who de-stuffed the entire couch? Like that one did, yeah. and it's all on camera because yeah. the other one sat in front of the camera to show. Yeah, he called <laughs> the other one like, to be like, on him. "I just want you to know. Look at what this." Yeah, exactly. It's uh, that's it. I it's mean, gonna be. It's so crazy. You just you just might necessary. have to buy it, but it's gonna sell because people. Oh, they love their animals. Will buy that stuff. Animal people are intense. Okay, well, since I failed on the truth, two truths and a lie. I figure I'll tell you the other lie that was supposed to be a truth, but um, I thought it'd be funny to talk about funny concert stories, right? And different events that we've been to, and if anything 
great happened to it. And I actually happen to have like an epic story. Um, this is the boat. This is the boat. This uh, is one? the boat. It wasn't Blink One Eighty Two, but it was Blessed Union Union of Souls. Do you remember that band? Yes, I believe they are uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio song. Yes, <laughs> and you said you believe they did. They also wrote "I Believe." I believe love and, oh, is the answer. That song. I believe um, something like that. Okay, but it's um. They were in concert at this place called The Dock, right? You had to be 18 to get in, and or you had to be 21 to get in. I was 18, and I lived on the lake, uh, Lake Pontchartrain, in uh, the New Orleans side of the lake. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we have these inflatable little dinghies, like these little rafts. Right. And it has, has oars or like little paddles with it. I, th- I just think that just for visual purposes, we should clarify that. Yeah, he did live on the lake, but you lived with like six other dudes in a house that was definitely about to fall into the lake. It was a shack. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was not even. It was a cool place. I'm it was. Give me a lie. It was very cool. You could sit on the roof, um, and then randomly, like the coast guard would like do drills in the water there. That was the best part. That was that's a whole nother podcast story. That, but anyway, that house was like epic. But I just remember being in the house, and I would see like like underneath like you would see like uh, flashes of light beneath your feet and then you would look down and you would see the water it'd be like it'd be like the moon's reflection off the water through the holes of the floor it, in through the, the house that we holes of the floor in their house yeah, yeah it was good yeah i don't know would. how we didn't have more roaches and stuff because there was a restaurant right next door yeah that was on the water oh. well it's because their food was so good at that yeah. restaurant <laughs> the roaches were like we we were good yeah we're, good. we're not going anywhere near that house so i decide i'm gonna go see this band and if you go in like via boat they don't card you like there's no bouncer there's no guy at the door or whatever so everybody this is a sunday night and everybody else i lived with who's involved <laughs> with the church is in and does music and, and whatnot was like leading their worship service sunday night and i decided to skip to go see blessed union of souls so it's just me and i'm all dressed up because i just got back from church uh that night and i've got my cell phone and it's probably a flip phone. My wallet. It was a flip phone. It was like nice. a black Motorola. And um, so anyway, I get into the the little dinghy, the little boat, and I start paddling out. I'm like, this is the greatest idea I've ever had in my so entire life. This it, is like, um, so like this boat, like I remember having things in the swimming pool. Like it was, it had sides. Like it was like one of the big ones that you could like actually row it, like the, ro- no. the oars. No, this is no. small. Like, like me, I'm 6'2", and I was 6'2 back then. You know, I my knees were up in my chest. Okay, it so wasn't this is that big. Pretty little. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't teeny tiny, but but you had an oar. Yeah, just one oar. Yeah, like this paddle. It was like a double paddle. So I'm like oh, paddling. Okay, I see. Like a, like if a you're kayak watching paddle. on YouTube, you can see how I'm paddling. Okay. That's, yeah, like a kayak paddle. Thank gotcha. you. So I'm going out, and they have the 17th Street Canal, which is the border between New Orleans and Metairie, and Metairie is the town that that we lived in. Um, that we lived, so we lived on the water, and across the street from us was this canal. So, I I paddle out of our little bay, and I get to the canal, and there's actually like a pretty strong current. I start going up the canal, and it. By the way, this is nighttime, and it's pitch black. There's no lights on the lake, so yeah, this is not just, a well. It's not a high traffic area. No, and it's just black abyss. And it wasn't. Luckily, it wasn't like a lot of winds. So. And you had no GPS on your phone, so I mean, you just had None. to know where this bar was. Right. Well, luckily. You could throw a rock at the bar. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I mean, it was pretty close. It's like a it's like a three minute walk. You can see it from our front uh, from our front driveway, and you can see it and walk the entire way and still see it. Gotcha. But going out in the boat the back way, it's a little bit longer. So I start going up this canal, 
and I'm freaking out. So I start paddling even harder. And I, I you're think going against these, the current. Well, the current was taking me up the canal, oh, like, like really deeper fast. into New Orleans. Yeah, and I don't want that. I want to go into the lake. So I'm paddling as hard as I can, and I, the paddle breaks in half, and I, <laughs> it breaks in half, and I drop one of the halves. So now I just have this one paddle that I'm going back and forth, left and right, and left and right. Needless to say. I busted, but I'm sweating bullets. I'm just like, I'm not sweating bullets. Like I'm nervous. I'm just like, it's it's hot. You're about to die. I'm about to die. You know, <laughs> sharks have been found in this lake. Alligators in this lake. You know, it's just craziness. I finally get to the dock. Oh, so you did make it. I did make it. I, I finally get there. And I'm not a very, like when I show up someplace, I'm usually five to 10 minutes late. Like I'm never on time. And somehow I decided, okay, I need to leave about an hour and a half early to, to go there. Again, f- like three-minute walk, but I left an hour and a half early. I got there right as the band was about to start. But So I get up, and I get on all fours. Like I turn over on my stomach in this raft. I'm still not wet. I don't know how. Um, I get up on all fours. I'm grabbing the side of the, the dock, whatever, <laughs> that's got like barnacles on it, you know. And I finally get up in my feet. I can't describe this, but... Imagine being in a pool and standing on a raft and trying to stand up straight. So, wait, for so wait. the visually, I mean, for the for the people watching, this is my feet on the raft, like the whole time, like back and forth, real fast, left and right. They didn't have like a ladder. I mean, how tall was this? It was about dock? it was about up to my like right above, like right above the stomach area. Because oh, I remember it was like it was just high enough to where like I couldn't just pull myself up i don't have a lot of upper body strength but i couldn't just pull myself up i'd have to like just do a little hop so anyway dude i get up okay i I get up on the dock and i'm thinking to myself kind of young and dumb i think to myself i need to get this dinghy out the water so it doesn't float away like who cares about this five dollar big lots raft that we bought are you planning on you're not planning on taking this back right you probably you could just walk home from the bar but you were thinking you might take the the raft back home I think somebody, if another person was there with me that I could have bounced ideas off of, <laughs> I would have gone out the bar. So I get the raft up. I go see Blessed Union of Souls. They play all my favorite songs, you know, because I love their first album. Um, I actually went up and got a set list from uh, from Elliot, you know, the, the lead singer. And it's, it's pretty much just him. It's not the whole band anymore. It was just him. And there was a backing band. But I got the set list, folded up, put it in my pocket. So I got this awesome souvenir. I'm so excited. And I decide that I have to go back in the dinghy because <laughs> I'm not 21 and I can't go through the bar. You thought they were card you on the way out? I, dude, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I've never been like a rule follower. But for some reason, sometimes I just get on this this path of like, I have to do it this way. Right. So I put the boat back in the water and... Again, it's about three and a half feet or four feet or something like that to the water. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. So I just plopped in. And, you know, my butt's wet now. And, you know, water got in, but I landed on it perfect. Like, I could have flipped over. I could have hit the side wow. of it. You just, like, jumped onto it. Okay. Yeah, like, very, very gingerly, very safely. Okay. I had my cell phone on me. So I didn't. there's no, like, cell phone insurance or anything like that. So I'm, like, worried about my phone. And, like, nothing's waterproof. And I have this set list. I don't want to get ruined. Luckily, that nothing, dude, nothing got wet. You know, my butt was a little wet. So I start paddling back. And for some reason, I, I don't know why, but I took the same exact path back. Instead of going maybe a little bit wider to compensate for that current. Yeah. I start going up the canal again. 
<laughs> so I'm paddling as hard as I can. I get to the mouth of the canal, and the paddle breaks again. Now I'm just holding the middle part of the paddle. I have no paddles, and I'm going up this canal. So I, man, I flip over on my stomach, and I just start doggy paddling, like you know, Michael Phelpsing it all the way back. So I get I get all the way back to the dock, and my cell phone was okay. The set list had like a little bit of water on it, but it was it was safe enough. And oh, so you go back to the bar. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I go back to my dock of my oh, house. Oh, okay. So you made I go it back, back to, to my house. house. Okay. Um, all in all, I think I was gone for like four and a half hours. It felt like, and to go see the show that was like a 45 minute little set. You yeah. Know? Um, but needless to say, one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to at this little podunk bar. Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite bands. If we're just talking about the first album, uh, at least first two. But anyway. It was worth it. I mean, the whole experience was great. It left me with a really awesome story. Yeah. And I had I had the set list. Usually usually nights that um you almost die, you know, they add a little adventure to the night. So, you know, it kinda it makes it memorable. Yeah. For sure. I actually saw a concert there at that same bar you're talking about. Um, I was convinced to go to my first and only country music show in my entire life. <laughs> um my friend who wait, went, wait, who'd you go see? So I went to remember. Yeah. So, well, I never heard of this person because I'm not a country music person. And when I was a kid, I had a cassette tape of Garth Brooks. So I did know who he was. Wait, Garth Brooks was there? No, Garth Brooks wasn't there. But uh, that was like the only country music. That would piss off a lot of people that paid all that money (laughs) to go see him when he came for like three nights in a row. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So I go to this little little bar. My buddy, he wants me to go. I'm like, dude, I'm not paying money to go see some country guy. Like, I don't know country music. Like, I don't have that kind of money. I'm a college kid. So he pays for me to go because he doesn't want to go by himself. So we go see this guy, and his name is David Allen Coe. He's kind of oh, famous. David Allen Coe is pretty. Yeah, go ahead, continue. <laughs> so I mean, I'm pretty sure that I most country music is just kind of like you know a bunch of rednecks, you know, singing mm-hmm. about pickup trucks and beer. Um, but the David Allen Coe concert was uh, a little more risque than I kind of thought it was going to be. Well, dude, um, he's one of the he's one of like the original like like outlaw country guys i don't know apparently he's been to prison because he talked about it Mm -hmm. and uh curses a lot and i thought at some point somebody was gonna die up in that place (laughs) i've been to some pretty scary rock concerts but uh david allen co concert i I did fear for my life i don't know why i think i was wearing a rage against the machine shirt don't really know what i was thinking on that one (laughs) you know that's awesome i had my shaggy hair and i was like yeah like i'm feeling really out of place right now did but did you sing any of his songs I don't, well, Cause I some don't, of his songs are pretty, I mean, I know a raunchy. bunch of songs now, like, you know, like his, uh, what was that? I can't even think of it. Oh, like family tradition, right? That's a mm-hmm. very famous song, but I know, but I don't, I don't think I even knew it back then. I know it now. Yeah. If I hear it, I'm like, Oh, I know like some of the lines, but Didn't I never heard podunk weddings. Yeah. I have never heard any of the songs. That was really out of place, but everyone there knew like every word to every song it's like going to a dashboard concert yeah like everyone knows like songs he's like oh, i haven't sung this song in 15 years is off my ex album and you're like okay and then he starts singing everybody's like yeah screw a chicken you're like what <laughs> like i don't even know what we're singing about right now screwing chickens <laughs> it was anyway it, it was it was you know it was a good night all in all i guess but uh left me with a story but but yeah, so that was my only experience at that place. And then Katrina destroyed it forever. So they did. Yeah. Or she did. 
Yeah. That's one for my homie. So it'd be awesome if we could let's segue a little bit. We have screwed up a game in the beginning of the show. I screwed up the intro in the beginning of the show. Pretty epically. Um we talked about yeah, no. We talked about a pet app or a pet camera. I don't why do I why do I keep freaking calling it an app? Um, I'm sure there's a PetCube app that sure. goes with the equipment. But for some reason, in my head, it's just app, not the camera. But it's a camera that you can buy with the app. It, that, dude, that story is so 15 minutes ago. Um, just wait for when it comes out in April. It's going to be all over the place. People are going to yeah, be no. posting selfies <laughs> yeah. of their dog. Be Look so at what Fido sent me. I probably have to start an Instagram for my dog just for it. Yeah, You'll um, probably have to do a, a, a tutorial video yeah. on how to use it. We'll do one. We'll do one. Uh, you can do one. Um, I'm not going to tell my wife about it. Yeah, right. She doesn't listen to our show? I don't think so, now. Well, our wives talk, so. <laughs> um, then we talked about funny concert stories. But let's go a little bit deep. We're going to go deep? Just a little deeper than how we deep, have in the past. How deep are we going? Like... I want to propose we talk about vulnerability. Okay, I thought when you said I'm going to propose, I was a little nervous. No, Valentine's Day was yesterday. So, I got off of work Friday or Thursday. And I hit like an all-time low that I've ever hit like with my job and just me in general like as a dude, like as a guy. And I was just like, man, I feel worthless. Like it sucked. Yeah. And so, I'm driving, driving home and... I go to, I, I'm trying to text my wife. She's not answering. And I just, I, dude, I felt lost. I have, I've never felt this way before. And so I, I went up to church to go pray and just talk to whoever I thought would be there to talk to, you know, i.e. God. And I just had this realization that, like, I'm, dude, I'm never vulnerable. And I struggle with vulnerability. Because I don't know how to be vulnerable. Because you're always like holding it together kind of thing. But not on purpose. It's like, where would you learn vulnerability from? Like maybe your dad, like as a guy to be vulnerable. Like I've been vulnerable with my wife before, you know. The first time you ever have sex is such a vulnerable, you know, tie. Like guys can be vulnerable. But it doesn't mean that guys know how to be vulnerable. You know what I mean? Right. And so I had this this epiphany about vulnerability and I just wanted to propose a question to you on how do you think a guy can show vulnerability and not just to your wife? Because that's one thing my wife always, uh, my wife's not a nagger at all. Like she doesn't nag me about much. But if I would say she nagged me about stuff within our relationship, it would be for this intimacy and for me to be more vulnerable. And I had that epiphany of like, I don't even know how to be vulnerable. I don't even know what it is. So my question to you, Matt, is how, as a guy, can you be vulnerable in general? <sighs> um, putting you on a spot. Now, guys, uh, I want you to know, like, I told Matt that I wanted to have this like little dude talk. And I told him I'm not telling you what we're talking about. Um, he was not vulnerable with me about what the topic I was. was. Not, I, was <laughs> I was not vulnerable. So not this this could be very good. We could cut this out, or you could be totally profound right now. Go. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know. I guess I think every relationship you have is based on a little bit of vulnerability. Um, and 
I bet you that if you really talk to people that I think as you grow older, you kind of get less and less vulnerable. And then depending on, you know, your relationships, um, it might be harder or easier for you to do so. Like I have friends that I've had, I've been friends with since grammar school and we've been through thick and thin times. We very different people, you know, we've changed a lot over the years, but when we get together, there's something about our friendship that lasts. You know, I've got friends from kindergarten. I got friends from sixth grade, seventh grade. Not like a lot, like maybe like four or five. You've guys that I yeah. still see, still hang out with, you know, like, um, and I think I bring that up because I think that as a younger kid, you're much more vulnerable. If something's wrong, something's hurting you. I mean, you might cry as a kid. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you kind of grow up and you, you don't always share that kind of stuff. You know, you're friends with people because you're on the same sporting team or whatever. And you have much more superficial or kind of like symbiotic relationships where like, you know, you do something for me, I do something for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're, we're just like drinking buddies or we're like playing pool buddies or, you know what I mean? Like, so like if friendship and, and thinking just friendship as the foundation of most relationships are kind of like this um sharing of oneself and that's the good times and the bad times that's like letting people see your ugliness you know like there are definitely friends like those friends that i mentioned like i mean if i was like an outlaw like wanted by the fbi if i did the worst magical thing i could possibly think of <laughs> you might not want to say this on <laughs> the spectrum just in case you do something it's case i ever am yeah. wanted by the fbi then you know where to look for right. me um, but I could call on any one of those three or four guys and yeah. I, I know that they would like at least help me or, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like I, I would so I feel, feel like you ashamed. did a good job of, of kind of explaining what vulnerability is. And I think the key words you mentioned was like to be able to show your ugliness or to be able to bear, you know, the innermost part of you that might be ugly. Right. But how do you be vulnerable? Because you, you, we learn everything we know from our parents. And this is not to say that my parents are horrible people by any means. Is not what I'm saying. But, like, vulnerability wasn't a lesson that I feel like I learned from my parents. Uh, vulnerability wasn't a lesson I learned from teachers. You, don't, you wouldn't learn vulnerability from your high school football coach. You know? Uh, you might not learn vulnerability from the bands you listened to in high school. I mean, maybe if you're into, like, you know, the deep sector of emo. But... Um, <laughs> some emo therapy, some emo therapy, but like vulnerability in general. So I realized that my life is completely lacking vulnerability. Um, and I think that's, what's keeping me from feeling fulfilled at times. Like as a man is the lack of vulnerability. Cause to me, what the way I see vulnerability is I see it as weakness and I see it as failure, you know, not just showing something, my ugliness, but showing somebody like, that I've failed and in turn of like admitting that failure is not something that I, I can see you growing from like, you know, I mean I do, but in the moment. So vulnerability has always been so difficult for me. Um, so I struggle big time with wrapping my head around how to stand up and be this man that I preach about to, you know, you know, the kids that we minister to, you know, and people that we mentor and talk about like 
you can't just say man up. You can't just say, oh, just be a man. Like, how do you be a man? My wife says woman up. Woman up. She says, you got to woman up. But there's like a vulnerability that goes with it that I feel like I've been missing for my entire adulthood. And I'm trying to learn what it is. And I'm trying to learn how to get there. So to take it like a little step further, I feel like we've never been vulnerable together. Like not together, but to each other. Right? <laughs> this is getting awkward. It's getting awkward. And uh, but like how how do you remain friends? Like how do you like I started thinking like about my past relationships with guys that I'm friends with, and I'm like, why are we friends? Like how how are we friends, really? Not why, but how are we friends? Um, stuff that we may have in common. And a lot of like my closest friends, there's like one or two things that we have in common. And a lot of times it's n- it's not on a deep level at all. But they're my closest friends, right? Right. So like, for example, me and you, we've had no traumatic experiences together that would link us together. Except for our, our, our wives, many dogs and pets. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, um, I, I look at, you know, other friends and I'm like, oh, I used to like fishing a lot. So like we're friends, but, you know, past that or I work with my hands and I do like carpentry stuff. So like we're kind of friends, but we've, like my we've, closest we've friends. Been, we've been fishing before. That was a we, very, that was we, a very deep bonding experience. We did. We did. And I caught a fish. You, you took a picture of that fish that I caught. I did. It was the first fish and the largest yeah. fish I ever caught was with you. That's re- your first fish and your largest fish. Yeah, that was the only fish I think I've ever caught. Man, I <laughs> fish <laughs> guys, that was like two months ago. It wasn't that long ago. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't that long. No, it was ago. November. That was like uh, that was like five months. So ago. I know you guys can't see, but um, that's my fish that I caught. It's on my phone. Oh, very nice. Yeah. My mine's not. Mine was a little bigger than that for sure. Yeah, but I caught more. <laughs> so, um, but talking about like vulnerability between friends, like we do this poker night. Yeah, poker night's pretty right? cool. And it is. It's a good chance for us to kind of get out and, you know, kind of be free, uh, free from the kids or free from the wives and just be dudes, right? Um, but, dude, there's no vulnerability there. Well, it depends how late you stay. Uh, once you hit about, like, after midnight, the vulnerability increases slightly. It's usually just the frustration of, like, can we just split the pot already? Well, yeah, that happens, too. Yeah. Cause but there's, but at, honestly, there's no vulner- vulnerability. Well, it just depends on, I, I I don't know. I do think that like there are ways that things like a poker night where you have like a bunch of guys get together that hang out that can like spark the sort of friendship. Because, you know, when you're married and you have a career and you have kids and or any combination they're in, you just get your life just gets gets away from you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you were you, you used to think you were busy in high school and college and you realized you weren't even remotely busy. And then life takes over. And like a decade later, you're like, where are my friends? You know, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to maintain those relationships. And so I do think that there are times where like, I mean, I know guys do that. They'll join like bowling leagues or go to trivia nights or I don't know, do something where they like get together with other people. But you're right. It can lack that vulnerability. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how you get it. Um, you know how you get past that on like a general level. You know what I mean? But I do know that there has to be there has to be something deeper or more in a friendship to be life giving. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. and and I I think you're right. There is a vulnerability there. But I think for me, I've always had the I've always had the fortune to have those elementary school friends as well as 
guys I made friends with in college that, you know, through thick or thin, you know what I mean? It's just like we were, had such a bond. I went to a very small school. We all lived in the same dorm together. We went to the same classes. I mean, we we didn't have a lot of cars or money, so we just spent all time, you know, together. Doing, together. And uh, we just, I, I think for me, I, I've always noticed that that is something that is probably one of the greatest gifts I've ever had. It's just that I've always had that, and I'll probably always have it because there's so many different people that I've had that connection to. But to forge it now that I have a career, a wife and the kids and, and, and to build something new, like that takes a lot of work. And especially, I mean, I think it's almost, it almost have to be a couple thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's well, hard yeah. with your wife to like, you can't really form a friendship like that without it being like part, you know, with your wife. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're hanging out as couples. Luckily our wives are friends, which is what has afforded us the right. ability to hang out. But because so like when you define manhood, and we stereotype it. That's how we define things in our society is you stereotype things. Um, and if you're a real PC, you like anti-stereotype stuff to describe stuff. But when a guy is described or how to be a man is described, vulnerability is never there. And through this like epiphany I had that every like I've been watching this um, um, this sh- this show on YouTube. It's not on YouTube, but it's on, I think, NFL Network called A, a Football Life. Um, and it just takes a certain player or coach and just talks about from the time they were born up until present day or, you know, the Super Bowl they won. Yeah. And I'm starting to, like, look at some of these players, and I'm like, wow, I'm blown away by a lot of these these guys, you know. They did. They had this episode on Larry Fitzgerald um, from the Arizona Cardinals, and it was freaking phenomenal. That dude is awesome you seriously need to go check it out. Like he travels the world and he does all this stuff, but every player that I've seen that has blown me away. Cause like they did one on Tio and they did one with Ocho Cinco and they, they didn't blow me away. I kind of felt like their interviews were kind of fake, Yeah. but these other players that ones that like Barry Sanders and Larry Fitzgerald and stuff like that. I, I was literally like, there's so much vulnerability in them. And they seem the most manly of the ones I've seen so far. Yeah, you know, so like, how how do we garner like, how, man, how do we how do we grasp that when we're so afraid of it? Like, we don't we don't show vulnerability. I barely show it with my own wife. I mean, I don't know how, how you are with your wife, but like with my wife, I struggle big time with being vulnerable with her, and I'm supposed to be the band of the relationship, you know, and I can't even show that. Like it, it blows it blows my mind when we talk about manhood and like this is a guy show, so this is a time for us to be vulnerable in our discussions and talking to you out there. Um, so, any suggestions you guys have on how to be vulnerable, where it comes from, what what vulnerability is to you, uh, would be awesome. But again, this wasn't to have an answer; it was to you know have that discussion of what vulnerability is and. Um, I think we need to touch base on this in maybe a couple podcasts and see how it's going. So I want to challenge you and I'd like the challenge to be reciprocated, but okay. I want to challenge you to come up with, and we'll do this like in a, like five pack podcast from now or something like that. Um, I want you to come up with like five ways that you haven't been before that you decided you'll be vulnerable, like in a manly way. 
which means because the only way you can learn something is by practice. Right. And since we have trouble seeing it because we don't really see manly vulnerability, we see this fake man manhood. Um, how do you how do you show it and like how do you learn it and how do you practice it? So five ways, Matt. I challenge you. Do you accept my challenge? I accept, and I challenge you to fifty ways. Now, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> it's like the ice bucket challenge, you know. It is. Now I have to go dunk ice on my head, which is actually way easier than trying to be vulnerable with someone. Because if your vulnerability, which in most people, I mean, I'm sure lots of people have had the experience where that vulnerability is used against you, that vulnerability is like thrown back in your face, like you know what I mean, like. And so you learn to guard yourself. Well, you have to guard your heart. You, know, I mean, you got to I mean, guard you, you. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure you've met people that don't guard their heart, like don't guard anything about themselves, and they're just like they vomit it, their entire it, lives onto people. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's it, disgusting. They, they life vomit, <laughs> and um, and so it, and you feel bad for them because that's what they're looking for. They're so they're they're so in need of reciprocating this sort of vulnerability to learn how to like deal with it that they just become like you know, open books and they don't like, you know, discern who to tell what to when. And is this a really good time to bring up, you know, your drama, you know? Yeah. So, but anyway, but yeah, so, I mean, I think it's definitely something that you have to work at, um, even with your best friend or your wife, you know, like you have to work on ways to like intentionally be vulnerable because if not, you're going to end up just, you know, yeah. I've been watching the, uh, the crown. I don't know if you ever seen that. Yeah. Show. yeah. We watched, I, my wife loves it. And, I watched a couple episodes with her. Yeah, my wife likes it too, and I watched some of it. But it was kind of like the way that they portray, you know, like political relationships, that there's a like a way of having to like get to know one another. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in the marriage, which it's true in most marriages. I mean, you're really getting to know each other even well beyond the marriage. You know what I mean? You're just starting to like learn. But that's how it happens is vulnerability. And, and if you get in a situation where you haven't been vulnerable for a long time, you just feel so distant, you know? Um, I remember this priest told me one time, which was really like mind boggling to me, but I was asking him like, if he ever got lonely, not having a wife, you know? And, uh, he said, yeah, he goes, I get lonely sometimes he goes, but he goes, I think it'd be more terrifying to be lonely and sleeping next to someone than lonely and sleeping by yourself. Well, I can speak that it's, it sucks when you feel lonely and I'm sleeping next to my wife. Yeah, you know it. It does suck, and we've had that so many times, and we continually have that, and we keep continually dive deeper with, in love with each other. And then there's times where sometimes you're just so deeply in love, and she can do something that like could hurt me, right? And makes me feel alone, makes me feel less of a man, and I can sleep next to her and be like, I am, like I am so alone right now. Yeah. You know, um, it's just the ebb and flow of marriage, and to continually try to keep going forward to better that relationship because the loneliest I've ever felt laying next to my wife pales in comparison to the worst happy time I felt. You know what I mean? Like it still pales in comparison, but um, it does suck to sleep next to someone and still feel alone. Yeah. That's a cool way of looking at it. Well, anyway, so that was really deep. Woo. Went there, man. That was intense. I feel like, um, I feel like you invaded my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's dumb. Uh, you're dumb. So I think we're going to go to the hole in the wall, which is the place where 
uh, any of you can give us a suggestion of something to talk about, and uh, we'll read your question. Uh, we'll even say your name and holler out at you. So we're going to go in the hole in the wall right now and see what magical question um, <laughs> we may know. And apparently we'll shove uh, the paper way too deeply well, shove into anything. the wall. Someone that answered us a question put it there. No, we, uh, we, we, we print it out and put it in there. Uh, it would be creepy if you all so much came to, to our house. This, it was so much easier to get this on the wall. If you're not watching on YouTube, oh wow, uh, that's, ex that's, that's exciting. You just ripped that paper in half. I hope you didn't rip the question in half. Um, it might, be on, the, so, it might wow. be on this one. I really hope that you know you don't have fiberglass in your walls because that's all over my hands at this point. No, interior wall. Um, okay. I'm going to pretend like I know what that means. So this is just <laughs> terrible. All right. So See, that was um, vulnerability. You didn't know what that means. It's an interior wall, so there's, it's not insulated. Oh, right, right, right. Like the time yeah. you made fun of my home skills uh, because <laughs> I asked you how to <laughs> fix part of my ceiling off of my porch that just fell down. I didn't mean to make fun. It was it was a poker night. <clears throat> I thought I was being vulnerable Actually, with you. I was being vulnerable at the poker night because you were, I brought you up the fact that I have this hole in my ceiling and I don't know how to fix it. And you were like, don't you have siding on your house? It just snaps together. Did you snap it back in? No, what you said was like, hey, I need some help. I have something like this. And I think I just said, what do you need, a man? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what you said. That was the make fun of part, which but, I felt really bad about. Oh, don't, it, don't just it just came out of my mouth. Hey, it, it was funny. Everyone laughed. Except it had a good you. chuckle. Oh, no, I cried myself you to sleep. Cried. But um, no, I got up the next morning. <laughs> I fixed that damn thing. And I took a picture of it. And I sent it to you. And I'm telling you right now, that was like, that's the best comeback. <laughs> That's the best comeback. It was awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so back to the question. And it is from our good friend Beatrice in Idaho. Oh, Beatrice. Has, has gotten another question, and she's just really good at asking questions. Um, but the question today is, uh, what what is the worst Valentine's gift you've ever given your wife? And how do you give, how do you become a good gift giver? Wow. Put us on the spot. So Valentine's Day for us was yesterday. For you guys listening, it was in the past. But um, man, so or in the future, depending how you look at it. Well, I guess so. But the Valentine's Day we're talking about um, actually fell on Ash Wednesday this year. So that was a depressing Valentine's Day. Also fell on a Wednesday, which um, the wife and I are always busy Wednesday nights with our with our youth group that we do. So. We're celebrating Valentine's Day Saturday night. You can transpose it. You do you realize that like Valentine's Day um isn't even like it's not like Saint Valentine. There was a Saint Valentine mm -hmm. who was a he priest. Was a Cupid. No, he was a priest oh. and he, he was killed. So it's not really that exciting of a story. <laughs> you know, there's not even that much known about him, but it, but it's not any any Christian church doesn't celebrate his feast day on the 14th of february right it's literally just a made-up holiday that's okay it's still a fun holiday for many reasons well um so we're celebrating valentine's day on saturday and my wife is in the house right now so i'm going to still tell you what i got her hopefully she doesn't you think she might be eavesdropping no she's pretty good she likes surprises so um but I'm going to tell you why this year is going to be the most epic year I've ever done. Oh, you blew it out the water. I think I, I well, I think I do every year, 
but evidently I don't. So I don't have a worst gift. All my gifts have been the worst gifts. Oh, you just equally bad gifts. It's the same thing every year. I, I killed it one year. And then it's been an epic failure ever since, as far as gifts go. Maybe not just Valentine's Day, but just you know, like our our like Christmas and like birthday, and you know, it's so scary when you go epic too, because you're like, you know, there may be a chance you can't live up to it. Yeah, like you can't reperform. Yeah. So, I think it was like two years ago. My wife Elise was like, "Oh, so what are we doing for Valentine's Day?" And I was like, "Oh, well, you know, I've got everything planned out and." And, I, and she gave me this face of, like, utter disappointment. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's that about? And sure enough, I did what I was going to do. It didn't go over good. And I think the year after that, so this might have been three years ago. So the year after that, she's like, hey, what are we doing for Valentine's Day? I was like, oh, I got it all figured out. And we got in a huge fight that night. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's the deal? Like, why are we in a fight? She verbatim told me everything that I had planned for Valentine's Day. She She knew what I was going to do. And she says, you've been doing the same thing every Valentine's Day, which I didn't know I was. I thought I was being Mr. Casanova, which is me. She's right, by the way. Me leaving work, stopping at Walmart or another grocery store to pick up a card, to pick up flowers, and to pick up the cheapest meal I could find to bring home and cook for her. And then just expect whoopee. That sounds like a great Valentine's Day to me. (laughs) Well, that's been what I've done every single year. So this year, I'm trying to blow out the water. And it just, it kind of worked in my favor a little bit, giving me a little bit more time. Yeah. But I bought her something that she's been asking for for ever. Please tell me it's not another animal. No, no, no. You don't have like a penguin in a box somewhere. No, it'd be a raccoon for the wife. Raccoon. God help us all. No, I got her tickets to Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that sounds very nice. Yeah, very expensive. I can imagine. I can't believe how much these Are you going to get little binoculars? She said she wants them, but I think they're kind of expensive because they're, it's like, I think it's front row on the balcony. Oh, that like sounds Like the first nice. balcony. So it's like high, high up, but mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like a better view for the people that bought the middle section on the floor. I saw Phantom of the Opera on Broadway in New York. Yeah. It was very nice. Was it good? It was good. I went on this epic trip. This is supposed uh, to be like Broadway in New Orleans, so yeah, it should be good. Yeah, no, they have good shows there. I, I went at, in a high school, um, on a trip to New York, and we saw. I mean, I probably saw ten shows. I saw some of the most terrible shows you could possibly <laughs> see. I picked all of the awful shows, um, but anyway, that was one of the best ones. Was yeah. Phantom of the Opera and Chicago? They were both very good. Um, also, to the guy from Pumbaa from The Lion King yeah. was in Chicago. And the whole time this guy's talking, I'm like, I know this guy's voice. And I couldn't figure out until intermission. And then I learned it was Pumbaa. And I was very excited. <laughs> I, I don't think it was Pumbaa. It was Pumbaa. I think it was Timon. No, no, no. It was Pumbaa. It was the, uh, it was Pumbaa. Okay. The guy who was, you're saying you don't think that the, the pig off <laughs> of Lion King is called Pumbaa? No, I think you're talking about Timon, because the guy that played Timon, which is Nathan Lane, is like a big Broadway guy. Well, and I think the guy that did Pumbaa, I think he's just a voice actor. First of all, I don't really know. 
because at this point we're off track. <laughs> and given the fact that I declared George Lucas dead last week, we both know that I'm probably not so on when it comes to the I direct. I could be wrong. I wasn't there. Look, look, I'm just saying it was an exciting moment for me. Yeah. Um, and people I think sometimes gonna I have, have to like, I sometimes I have to like jump in to try and see, not to see if he's wrong, but just so that way <laughs> I can make sure that I'm following correctly to the story. Sometimes I have to be like, no, you're wrong. Lion King. Do you know? Oh, can we get off topic for one more thing? Oh, sure. Awesome. Did you know they're coming out with like like a real life Lion King? When you say real life Lion King, what would it's you It's probably mean CGI, like but it's supposed to be like real lions. And oh, stuff. like, oh, interesting. Like, yeah. uh, wait, wait. I like saw a, a little cartoon. teaser. No, like, did you see the new Jungle Book? The human one? I saw parts of it. Like, I saw like clips online. Yeah. I've always wanted to see it. I think it, it's going to be like that. Okay. So it's like a CGI. It's basically like a it's like a, a fancy version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. gonna be a lot fancier than that. Yeah, but you like know. you know, like uh, animation intertwined with yeah reality. Okay, that's yeah. that's what I think it's gonna be. But uh, that was my quick side note. So anyway, back to like sucking at giving gifts. So I feel bad for Beatrice every time. What's her name? Her name is Beatrice. Yeah, Beatrice. Um, sorry, Beatrice. Gosh, besties. Um. I feel bad for Beatrice because every time she asks a question, we get sidetracked. But um, what's the worst gift that you've ever done? Um, It doesn't have to be with your wife. I mean, it could be with. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about ex-girlfriends, but um, I don't like what's the worst gift you've ever done? Um, The worst gift that I've ever done. um, I really don't know uh, because I I have like a very short term memory. So like I forget, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I killed it. You know, when I when I first was dating my wife. Are you sure you killed it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I killed it. So it was like her, yeah. like, Cause, 20. Because if she listens to the show and she's like, oh, you did not kill it. Oh, oh, no, no, no. So, so it was like her 30th birth, birthday party, and I took her to Global Wildlife. Uh-huh. Um, actually, she had never been to Global Wildlife, but I knew that it existed from my childhood. Right, right. And she's like a huge animal person, as we've already discussed. So I knew you could like feed animals, and there was animals everywhere. So I had to, it took me forever to find it because mm-hmm. I kept that ask people, you know, that place in the woods on the north, you know, you just keep driving north and like, oh, yeah, Global Wildlife. So you literally like feed giraffes and, and elu- like animals just come up and lick you. I mean, it's, it's horrifyingly disgusting. And um, so uh, you could just feed all kind of animals. And um, so I knew she was going to love it. So we went, um, and I took her there, and she loved it. And so I decided to throw a 30th birthday party there. We took the private Jeep tour. Nice. Yeah. So right, we, With the five-year-old birthday parties and everything? Well, we didn't do that that whole part, but uh, we just rented the Jeep. Yeah. I thought about getting a room where you know where they give you the cake and the ice cream, but That'd I thought that awesome. might have been a little they only they all, the numbers only went up to like twelve. Yeah. So <laughs> I couldn't get one that had thirty. Um and then we went and ate at a very nice, you know, a little tray yen, a little nice um yeah. Chinese restaurant that's overrated. But anyway, besides the point. Um so yeah, so we killed it. And I think that the common denominator here, by the way, that I'm realizing is that um, the kill it gifts are really um, ones that um, involve your time and showing interest in doing something of that other person. Oh, um, so I'm not going to kill it this year then. Why not? Because you want to go to it too or something? No, because I, I, I just bought something. No, no, but you're going. You see, you're going. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah, <laughs> wait, I was like, at that moment, I, I was like, wait you. a second. <laughs> did you buy yourself a ticket? Because <laughs> if you didn't did. buy yourself a ticket, you'd did just blow this it'll gift. be date night <laughs> you're like yeah. don't you love it you're like oh my gosh where are you sitting i'm like i didn't buy one for me this shit's yeah. expensive 
<laughs> Do we know how much this costs? I mean, come on. So anyway, uh, yeah, that would have been really funny. Um, but yeah, I think that that's actually part of it is is the time, not just the, hey, I got you something I thought you'd like or do something I think you like, but I'm going to take time to go like invest into like this thing, um, you know, that you like. So, um, most of the time I can tell I killed a gift, like a gift was not really liked. Um, if it's still in the same spot that they received it in, you know, like a week later. So like if they're sitting on the couch and they open a gift or they come home from like a dinner and we put the gift down somewhere and it just sits there for a few weeks, mm-hmm. then like, you know, that, you failed. You failed. Yeah. Have you ever gotten your wife exercise clothes? I definitely have not. However, I will say for Valentine's Day, <laughs> my wife actually got me, uh, if I remember correctly, but we actually joined a gym on Valentine's Day because they had a couple special. So we joined around Valentine's Day and we joined a gym together. Last year. Uh, no, this was a few years ago. Okay. We were dating. Um we thought it would give us time to spend time together. I don't know. It was a terrible idea, actually. Sound like it didn't work. No, it didn't. We wasted money for a whole year. Didn't oh, go. yeah. Yeah, I've been there, done that. So one Christmas, I got the wife exercise clothes and in shoes, tops, you know, the yoga pants, the whole nine yards, like all this exercise. I got her other stuff, too. But really, the exercise clothes was the nail in the coffin. And all year... I feel like she just kept saying, like, man, I really want to go work out more. I want to run more, but, like, my shoes are really bad. And my wife is the type of person that, like, will wear a pair of underwear until it's got, like, holes everywhere. Like, she's like a dude in that that situation, right? And she never, like, treats herself to stuff. So it's like, oh, man, I'm going to get her, like, a nice pair of shoes. This is around Christmas time now. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get her a nice pair of tennis shoes, like a good pair of Nikes, right? Um, Anyway, she mentioned throughout the year, like, man, my... You know, I wish I had these like these types of pants or this type of top. You know, it'd be really good to work out in like the dry wick. And She's stuff. dropping you hints. She's dropping That's you hints. That's what I'm thinking. But of course, Christmas comes around. I spend all this money on this stuff, and it didn't go. It turned into a fight, and it's still to this day. Every now and then, it comes up. But she returned it all. She sat on the money for a little bit. You know what? This girl went out and bought a puppy. Like three weeks later, a ferret exercise clothes and she she <laughs> kept the tennis shoes <laughs> so i don't know if that's a win or a loss but she'll bring it up to this day sometimes in a in a in a fight not so much nowadays but like she used to she'll bring it up in a fight and i'm like but you went out and you bought more exercise clothes you know it's like oh, the, oh, wait, is we she... were on a break fight yeah right friends yeah no she definitely um wanted them but probably didn't want them from you see there's the difference it is it's I like was... buying the vacuum cleaner that she's been dying to have it'll make her life easier but you decide for your birthday i got you a vacuum cleaner hint hint clean i generally avoid uh buying cleaning supplies uh for my wife um just could see that being bad it's a good rule of thumb yeah, it's one of the many lessons you learn from your father. <laughs> Not parents, your father, but like our fathers. Well, my parents like didn't really do gifts, and if yeah. they did, like they didn't really tell us about it, you know. Yeah. Um, which probably wasn't a good uh, lesson growing up, learning that you don't have to give gifts to people, um, because apparently uh, in the general population, that is something that's done regularly. Yeah. That's funny. And with thoughtfulness. <laughs> I was like, we'll just skip Valentine's Day this year, you know. Um, but I'm glad to see that. You, that so, does your wife actually get you stuff for Valentine's Day? It's like reciprocated. 
Um, or I mean, you're just expected to get actually, her stuff. No, she's she's never really failed on a gift. Oh, really? So she gets you gifts for Valentine's Day. Oh, she gets me gifts all the time. Oh, okay. I I think most people I know, it's a one way street. It's yeah. like it's like a birthday for girls. I mean, I opened up her card and she had a letter in it. I mean, that to me was enough this year. But we're also saving money for an adoption, so gotcha. We're not really spending money. I bought this a couple months ago because I wanted to get them before I couldn't get the tickets anymore. You probably have to like get them like, yeah, really far in advance. I did. But Which I, is hard for me because I'm horrible at, at surprises. Yeah. So I've been sitting on these things and every now and then she's like, someone would be like, hey, what are you doing on this date? And I'm like, nope, she's doing nothing. She goes, I have nothing in my calendar. And I'm like, look at it. It says date night. That's all I put down on her calendar. And she's nice. like, why? And I'm like, I can't tell you. And we've gotten like, not an argument, but like we got a little heated in front of people, like at a meeting, because I kept trying to tell her that like she was in charge of the meeting. And I was like, "You can't do anything that day." Wink, wink. You can't, nothing. And so finally, I was like, "I'll tell you if you really want me to tell you." And she goes, "No, don't tell me." And then the fight was over. I think that I I just I suck at gifts. Sometimes I'm good. This year, hopefully, it's epic, baby. If you're listening, this one's for you. Maybe she can comment in under the video and just tell us how epic it actually was. Yeah, or she's going to talk on messy buns about how, you know, devastatingly poor it was. And that's how you can at least find out. Now we, at least we can listen to their podcast to figure out whether it was good or not. I thought it was funny because you're I, not taking a boat or anything to this date, right? You've no, 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 no. We're nope. driving. Okay, that's a long way away. Gotcha. Okay. So, anyway, uh, good show. Oh, I like it. We should do it again. Let's do it again sometime. <laughs> that joke's never going to get old. Never going to get old. Um, but yeah, if you like what you hear, please follow, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes now. Hello. Uh, Stitcher. Um, trying to get on TuneIn and Spotify. So yeah, find us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. Hashtag the wise fools. Yes. Media. <laughs> we are at wise fools media on almost all of our platforms so check us out hello i'm william matt and this is that guy show thank you for listening peace <laughs>